You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 343, Jumpstarting Your Spiritual Life, Part 2. So last week, we kicked the series off talking about how to be more consistent in our Bible reading as we move into the new year. This is being recorded at the end of 2021. And, you know, as we get ready to start the new year, everybody kind of, even if you don't have New Year's resolutions or specific goals, we all think, you know what, in the new year, I'll exercise more, I'll eat better, uh, I'll be nicer to my, my wife, or I'll spend more time with my kids, whatever. We all have these things. I'll be more disciplined in my finances. You know, we all have these ideas. We all have these things that run through our heads, and it's great. We really should. We should be 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 specific and plan for how we want to live the next year. That's great. We should do that. In fact, if you go back on, on this website, and, you know, my website, and you can uh, type in goal-setting, um, you know, there's there's several, several podcasts and blogs where I've talked about that. So it's a great thing. But I want to just deal in this episode and and uh, and maybe one more on uh, jump-starting our spiritual life. How can we be more consistent and have better habits in our spiritual life? So last week we talked about reading the Bible. And I gave you some really practical uh, tips and some plans and some ideas on things you can do to be more consistent. Because if you're a Christian, we all think, know that. We all know that we should read our Bibles regularly and we should spend time there because um, really that's that's where we find God. I mean, he, He's in those pages and He's waiting for us to to come seeking after Him. And of course, that's not the only place we find Him, but, but His Word is um, a, a lamp to our, our feet and a light to our path. So um, it's definitely something we should take seriously and be consistent at. Today, I want to talk about prayer. Again, prayer is one of those things, if you're a Christian, you know you should be praying. We all know that. and We've all been made to feel guilty about it. And I, in no way, shape, or form, I want you to feel guilty. Um, I just want to give you some encouragement and give you a few thoughts and a few ideas that might actually help you move forward in developing a consistent prayer life. I know I've struggled with it. I still struggle with it from time to time, um, being consistent in my prayer time. But uh, I think, you know, the tips I'm going to share, the ideas I'm going to share will, will really help you and help me as we move into the next year to be more consistent in our communication with God. So, you know, what is prayer? Um, well, you know, first of all, it's just very simply communicating with God. Uh, we think of prayer as something, you know, where we're always asking God for things, and that's definitely an aspect of prayer, but it's much more than that. Um, the early Christian mystics described prayer as spiritual breathing. Um, it's learning to talk to God. It's learning to communicate with God, and really that's that's vital to having a healthy spiritual life. If you're married or if you're in a relationship, you know you you, you can't have a healthy relationship unless there's communication. If you've got a relationship with somebody, but you never 
um, communicate with them. You never talk. You never share what's going on in each other's lives and, and goals and aspirations and just talk about how your day went. Um, that relationship's probably not going to last. So even in our spiritual life, we shouldn't be surprised that maintaining uh, this communication aspect with God is so, so very important. You know, there are no magic formulas. There's, there's no magical formulas that I could give you to help you pray better. But if we believe that God is our Father, then we should approach Him um, really with the attitude of a child talking to their father, as a friend talking to a friend, as one spouse talking to another. Uh, I think those are some some great analogies that we can use in approaching God. Now, um, before we kind of jump into this, I just want to remind us, listen, this is something that we have to be very intentional about. We live in a very, very loud society. Um, We're always going to struggle to connect with God if we can't learn to embrace silence. What does that mean? It means turning your phone over for 10, 15, 20 minutes, or half an hour, ever how long you've committed to pray, and not looking at it. It means turning the radio off sometimes, or the, the, the Spotify off in the car, um, when you're driving, and just being silent, communicating with God, learning to sit in silence. This is some of my best time of the day in the morning when, when I sit quietly and just have God's Word open and read a little bit and think about it, meditate on it, just silence. Um, Silence is healing and refreshing to the soul, and it's in silence where we begin to hear God's voice. So before I mention anything else about prayer, silence is one of those things that we have to learn to embrace. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. Well, that sounds kind of complicated. How do I pray without ceasing? Well, I'm going to give you some ideas and some thoughts and some uh, maybe some uh, some practical tips on how we can begin to do this, or at least move in that direction. But you know, if you want to memorize a, a a memory verse, you know, I love memorizing Bible verses from time to time. This is a great one. It's only three words, but it's from First Thessalonians five: "Pray without ceasing." This is a great verse to memorize. Well, don't go away. We'll be right back. But I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. Like I said, last week we talked about the importance of being consistent in our Bible reading and studying and reading and meditating. Well, Peter and Paul in Acts will help you have a much better grasp of the Acts of the Apostles. It's written as a study guide for the Acts of the Apostles. It examines the the apostolic ministries of Peter and Paul, who are the two main figures in the Acts of the Apostles. And we we really do a study in how the early church grew, how it developed, and how it went from being just a really a backwoods uh, movement and 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 you know backwoods Israel um, to to a movement that shook the world and is still shaking the world. So Peter and Paul and Acts it's great for individual study, it's great for group study, um, it'll really help you in your historical understanding, but also in your theological understanding and your practical understanding of how to apply God's Word. So check out Peter and Paul and Acts. I know you will love it. All right, well, let's talk about some practical things that we can do to maybe jumpstart our prayer life this year. Number one, the Bible. 
Well, wait a minute, David. I thought you talked about that last week. Well, I did, but prayer and Bible reading always overlap. And I found that the scriptures can assist me in my prayer time. Did you know that there are numerous, so many prayers throughout the scripture that you can take and apply and use as your own prayers? And and I figure if I'm praying a scripture prayer, that I'm probably praying in line most of the time with God's will. So so I think that should be something that we consider. Um, give you a couple of examples. When you read through the Psalms, the Psalms are, are really like David's prayer journal. Sometimes he's up, sometimes he's down, sometimes he's asking for forgiveness, sometimes he's angry, sometimes he's wondering where God is. I mean, kind of like the same emotions I feel sometimes. Maybe you you do as well. So I would encourage you to dig through the Psalms. Um, I read through the Psalms twice this this year, and and I found that every time I always found something new that I could take and turn into a prayer of my own. Um, David's David's words, David's Psalms, the and the others who wrote really capture the emotions that we all feel from time to time. And we can take those and pray them back to God. So really dig into the Psalms. I know it will help you. Um, Another example, Jesus gave us a prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Um, You may know it as as Our Father. Uh, In the Catholic Church, it's often used as punishment. Uh, In in, in a lot of Protestant churches, it's it's more part of liturgy. If you come from an Anglican or um, some other type of uh, uh, maybe even Episcopal background, you know, it becomes more liturgical, and it's just something you say every Sunday. But really, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And when you pray the Lord's Prayer, um, I may not pray it every day, every day, but I pray it several times a week. Um, and, and I try and take my time and meditate on it and think it through as I'm praying it. But, you know, when you consider those words the things that it encompasses and the things that we're praying for are things that will change your life. Um, So I just encourage you, maybe revisit the Lord's Prayer. Let that become part of your prayer life. Uh, The Apostle Paul, you know, they didn't have the benefit of Skype or Zoom in the first century, and he couldn't visit all the churches all the time, and so he would write letters, and he would actually write the prayers that he was praying for his church in those letters. Um, even this morning, I was reading through Colossians, and 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 Paul, um, you know, opens that that incredible book, praying for this church that he's never even met. This is a church he didn't start; some of his team members did, and he's praying for them, and he's asking God to fill them with knowledge and wisdom and spiritual insight, and just an amazing prayer. Well, listen, I immediately took that, and I spent a few minutes meditating on that prayer, praying it back to God. The Apostle Paul gives prayers in so many of his letters, and why wouldn't we want to take advantage of those and make those our prayers as well? I mean, I don't know, you may have no trouble at all going into God's presence and praying. Sometimes I struggle a bit, and so I'm always appreciative of, of, you know, the Psalms, the Lord's Prayer, Paul's prayers, and others. Um, so, so by all means, jump in and uh, see if you can find something in there that you can use uh, to help jumpstart your prayer life. Use the scriptures and even things that aren't necessarily prayers. Um, very often when I'm reading, I'll just take it and say, God, help me to apply this in my life. 
when I'm challenged about something, I'll say, God, this challenges me. I'm, I'm not doing well in this area. Maybe it's being patient. Maybe it's being kind, whatever it might be. And I'll take a minute and I'll say, God, help me to um, become more patient. Help me to become more kind. Help me to, to, to adapt these things into my life. And so use the scriptures to jumpstart your prayer. Number two, talking about jumpstarting our spiritual life. What does your prayer list look like? Um, do you even have one? Some people do, some people don't. Um, you know, but I think keeping a prayer list is actually a good thing. Um, I would encourage you to to really uh, think big. Uh, I hope it's not just asking, you know, for you know God to let you win the lottery, um, but uh, or just asking God for things. But what are we praying for? Who are we praying for? Who is on your prayer list that you're praying for regularly? I find when I do have a prayer list, it keeps me focused, whether I pray it every day or every other day or a few times a week, whatever that looks like. But I, I find that having a prayer list helps keep me focused to go through those things and to take them to God. And, and you know, look, it's not wrong to ask God for things. I think most of our prayers should be uh, worship. I think it should be thanksgiving. I think there should be, uh, again, we talked about silence, um, you know, praying scripture back to God, whatever that it looks like for you. But also, there's nothing wrong with asking God for things. He encourages us to do that. I just don't think that should be the focal point of our prayer. But, you know, look at your prayer list. Who are you praying for? What are you praying for? What are you believing God for? And then when it's answered, man, put the date out there and, 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 and you know, describe the answer because that'll be something you'll look back on. It'll build your faith for many years to come. So have a prayer list and, uh, and you know, keep it... Keep it consistent. You know, when somebody says, hey, man, pray for me about this. Look, I don't know about you, but if somebody says, hey, pray for me, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to remember it. Usually what I'll do is I'll say, hey, let's pray right now. And I'll pray with them right then. If we're in the middle of a parking lot, so be it. Um, but if somebody says, pray for me, um, you know, about whatever, um, I'm probably not going to remember it. But if you've got a prayer list, you can say, yeah, hang on a minute. Let me put this on my prayer list. And you can, you know, make a note in your phone. Or like I do, I just say, hey, look, I won't remember it later. Let me pray for you right now. And I go, go pray for him right then. So the scriptures help us in our prayer time. A prayer list can help you in your prayer time. Number three, this is a friend of mine taught me this. This is a great one. Pray through the contact list in your phone. I don't know about you, but if somebody makes it into my phone, then they're probably somebody that I've got some type of relationship with. And so what I'll do is periodically I'll work through the contact list in my phone. Now I've got hundreds of contacts, so I'm obviously not going to, you know, do them all in one sitting, but I'll go through the A's. I might get half of the A's done and, and I'll make a note on my, my, uh, my little prayer list, you know, where I stopped so I can pick up, you know, the, the next one down next time. So if I go through the A's, then I'll start with the B's next time and I'll make a note of that. But I'll go through that and I'll pray for four or five, maybe 10 names, um, you know, asking God to do his work in their life. And then I don't do this every single time, but I'd say probably 80 or 90% of the time when I go through my phone and I pray, um, I'll usually pick one of those names. Maybe I'll ask God to just let me, you know, um, have a, have a, just a sense that I should contact one of them. And I'll just send them a text. Say, hey, listen, just letting you know, I, th I thought of you this morning and I prayed for you. I hope everything's going well for you. And the text and the messages I've gotten back over the years have been incredible. You have no idea what I was going through when you sent me that text telling me that you had prayed for me. You have no idea how much I needed that encouragement 
when you sent me that text. So, you know, God can use us, and 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 really, we should be expecting Him to use us. We're not just praying blindly, hoping something happens. We're believing something to happen. But sending that little message by going through your, the contacts in your phone is a great way to do that. So I'll actually end up working through my phone list, you know, maybe two or three times a year and praying for all those people and sending some messages out and just letting people know I'm thinking of them. So definitely a great way to stay focused because that's my biggest problem in prayers. I get too easily distracted. Maybe you're the same way, but um, by being focused, by having a prayer list, by praying through the contact list in my phone, by reading one of the prayers in Scripture, these help me stay focused. Number four. Number four. You're going to love this one. How about prayer in the Spirit? Now, I get it. Every Christian uh, tradition doesn't, you know, really accept or really believe or even really even give much thought to praying in the Spirit, praying in a prayer language, praying in tongues, whatever you want to call it. But but for those of us that have received that gift, um, this is one of the ways that we can learn, begin to learn, to pray without ceasing. Um, Jude, the Apostle Jude, that very last little book before Revelation, he says in one of the last verses, he says, building yourself up in your holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says that um, when we pray, this is 1 Corinthians 14, he says when we pray in a tongue, when we pray in another language, when we pray in our, our spiritual language, our, our spirit, our soul is edified, but our mind doesn't really know what's going on. And that's really the intent. We're able to pray, communicate with God directly. And so this is something that if you've got a prayer language, my goodness, use it. Pray in the car, pray in the store, pray in school, pray at work. Not out loud, but you know what I mean. Use this to stay constantly in God's presence or as much as you can. You know, I find myself just kind of throughout the day praying in the Spirit. I'm in the gym. I'm working out. And I'll find myself praying in the Spirit. Um, I'll think about somebody. I'll pray for them. Um, then I'll pray in the Spirit some more. And it's not a, I'm, not, I'm not praying without ceasing. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, it's, it's something that I'm working towards, just trying to stay in God's presence. So, And if this is weird to you, if this is new to you, get into the Scriptures. Read the book of Acts and, and, and read every passage where it talks about them praying in tongues or speaking in tongues. Get into 1 Corinthians. Um, chapter 14 especially, Paul talks about. He says, I wish you all would speak in tongues. And then he talks about prophecy. He's actually in that chapter kind of comparing uh, the gift of prophecy and the gift of tongues. And these are f still for today. I don't care what other people say, um, what other you know denominations say. That's fine. They're just wrong. I love them. But, but you know, this, there's nothing in the Bible to indicate it's ever gone away. So, um, But yeah, check it out. And then the last one. So we've talked about the scriptures assisting us. We've talked about our prayer list assisting us, praying through the contacts in our phone, praying in the Spirit. And then number five is have a prayer partner. Now, this is not something you're going to do every single day is pray with somebody. But, you know, having somebody that you can pray with periodically, somebody that can help hold you accountable, somebody that you can hold accountable to, you know, somebody that you can share things with that they're going to pray for you and they're going to share things with you that you can pray for. This is very powerful. I've got a couple of guys in my life that, you know, we periodically share some very deep and um, things in our lives that we're going through or things that we need 
God to intervene in. And people, I wouldn't just share these things with anybody, but these are people that I know that are going to take these things and they're going to pray for me. And I know if I say, hey man, can you pray for me right now? Or they'll share something with me and, and, and I'll say, well, let's just pray right now. And just having a prayer partner, somebody that you can pray with from time to time. What did Jesus say? He said, when any two agree together on anything, um, he, he said, I'll do it. So there's a power and agreement in praying together. So, so these are just some very simple but practical things that as we move into the new year, you can take these things, apply them in your life, and become so much more fruitful for the kingdom of God. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that should be your one of your greatest desires is that God let me be fruitful. Well, it's hard to be fruitful if I'm not in communication, in communion with my Heavenly Father. And so that comes by... So we said last week, being in the scriptures, and then number two this week, having a consistent prayer life. So I hope this has helped you. I'd also love to hear from you. What are some other suggestions you might have for our listeners on what it takes to maintain a consistent prayer life? Leave a comment at davidspell.com. Just go to the post for today. Leave a comment or a question. I'd love to hear from you. Let's keep the conversation going. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and I'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.